Hour number two of Canucks Central. We're here in the Kid Tech studio. This hour is brought to you by Brevo. Brevo provides convenient cloud-based access control systems from your mobile device for any industry. Go to lp.brevo.com slash Canada for a smart demonstration. It is a uh, Wednesday. We're going to get to overrated, underrated here in uh, just a moment. But as uh, Mike and Tawasson says, uh, what's up, boys? I'm just building a ramp. <laughs> Attaboy. I love it. Uh, always be careful uh, with your tobogganing sessions or whatever it might be. <laughs> <laughs> Keep us abreast yes. of your tobogganing uh, travails. Uh, building a ramp for your toboggan is, is pretty great. Uh, this text saying Zadorov is the guy you'd want to be with in a snowstorm. He's from <laughs> Russia, so he probably knows how to handle winter and he could walk normally through four feet of snow. Myers lives in Kelowna, so his weather tolerance is softer than yours. <laughs> I mean, Myers strikes me as a responsible guy, though. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's the, one of the older statesmen. He's responsible. Like, I, th- I think he would have the proper winter tires, at the very least. <laughs> yes, proper winter tires. Key. If you don't have them, just stay home. Um, yeah. Justin East Vance says, get Brock Bester on your side when you're stuck in snow. He has years of winter experience growing up in Minnesota. Yeah, Sneaky, fair. sneaky good selection. I mean, we've all watched Fargo, I think. <laughs> Right? Well, the movie or the show, or both? <laughs> both. Yeah. <laughs> Anything based with Fargo is uh, heavily due winter activities. Uh, all right, let's get to overrated and underrated. Uh, if you have any other thoughts on uh, Canucks you would want to help you through a snowstorm, let us know. 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, we have, with Josh Elliott Wolf working from home today, we have Ben Bassarin uh, behind the glass, leading the way, guiding us through overrated, underrated. And we're going to start with working from home, overrated or underrated, as brought to you by a question from Sat himself. Uh, yes. So, I mean, uh, I figured it was a good question to ask. Like, uh, like it, I think the option is underrated, like having the option, and, and I'm lucky enough, we're lucky enough to have the option. Dan is just so close to the station that, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it, unless, like, something's really awry, like he doesn't really need to work from home, but, you know, sometimes the need arises or whatever. It's good to have the option. But I would say constantly working from home is very overrated, and I thought somebody on... Um, uh, Colin, fellow uh, Browns fan who's a teacher, responded, and, and I thought he made a great, great point. The line between home and work gets muddied when you do everything from home. And yes. that's the one thing I didn't like about the pandemic was like, everything I'm doing is at home. I'm working out at home. I'm making my food at home. I'm doing my shows from home. I'm just chilling at home. It's like, do I just go and choose a different seat on the couch to do a show from to change things up? It's like, uh, it drove me nuts after a while. I was sick of being at home all the time. So I would say overrated in general. But the option is very underrated. Yeah, the uh, home being your sanctuary where you sit on the couch and watch your football or your Netflix with a bag of popcorn and maybe fall asleep watching uh, the television starts watching you. I don't know. That's happened to me once or twice. Um, I don't like mixing that with, like, workspace. Now, I am not uh, privileged enough to have a large home, so I can't really, like, separate an office working space between my kitchen table and uh, living room and all these different types of things. So that that makes it a little bit difficult, more difficult. Um, But, yeah, uh, working from home, overrated. Even if I had the space, I still think it would be overrated. I I need to, like, get out of the house and have some type of separation when it comes to, like, work and home life. 
100%. Moving to the Vancouver Canucks. Talking about Pedersen's contract in the midst of an incredible season from Ray. I still think it's um, underrated. You know, there yeah. are like because it it has such a big picture um, importance to it with this team, and and yeah, like other years we we'd focus a lot more on the on the big picture when the team wasn't good compared to what it is right now, but. You know, I, like there's a section of the Canucks fan base that's probably saying, well, okay, they're good this year, but like what happens next year if we lose Elias Pettersson? What, you know, this is this is the only window we get. We're just going to be bad again after this, you know, and maybe that's a sort of glass half empty type of way to look at it. But hey, you, you've had 50 plus years of reasons to have a glass half empty view of your, of your Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, so for me, like... I think it's it's something that has to be discussed. And again, like when somebody from the organization, Patrick Alvin, says, "Yeah, you know, like can't give you an answer when asked, does Pedersen want to be here?" And he says, "Well, he wants to be on a winning team, and we feel like we have the environment," which essentially says we don't quite know. And when right. when, when they come out and say that, it's it's an, it's noteworthy, right? But I thought the way we discussed it yesterday, and, and you know, on the opening segment was about okay, what does this mean? Are there any, you know, any pressing issues? It's like, yeah, I mean, this could be a concern, but I don't think it's a concern by the deadline, the way the team is going. It's probably something more for the off season, and if that doesn't happen, then you can start really being concerned about it. But anytime you have a big player, the franchise player, having his future be uncertain, and people in the organization can't come out and tell you, like, oh, yeah, he wants to be here, it's something you have to talk about. Now, is how the conversation evolves sometimes and what people take out of it, that I think is overrated, but it's something you have to discuss when that's the answer you're getting from management about the player. Yeah, and <laughs> with uh, with Patterson, you know, there, there are many different ways to, to look at this, and... Um, you know, the idea that he wants to be within a winning environment, you know, again, the glass half empty take on that would be like, well, he's not helping the Canucks continue to build a winning environment by not committing to the team. And, you know, that's <laughs> that's his choice. You know, it's not up to him for the Canucks to build the winning environment. But at the same time, yeah, it would help if they had his name down on uh, on cap friendly with a long term extension to it. But that's not happening right now. So we move on. Speaking of potential moves that could happen at the deadline, Austin and Langley would like to know overrated, underrated, trading Kuzmenko at the 2023 deadline. Ooh, so like last year's deadline? The last year's deadline. Mm. I mean, is there any way of looking at it and, and, and saying it's not somewhat underrated with how things have gone? I mean, and, and again, like we can talk about information. With the benefit of hindsight, yes, yes, underrated. What would that yeah, value we- have been, potentially? Ooh. So... I think the best they could have gotten, and this isn't you know me saying it's a bad deal. Maybe somebody would have given you a, a very conditional first round pick, right? Like it's like, hey, if it's in the twenty five range or something, you know what I mean? Like I think it would be something along those lines. When I asked around, and the Canucks never said anything themselves, but I asked a couple people like from different teams, like, so what would you pin the value for? And the thing you heard was very talented player, but like, is he? going to be a guy you can play with in the playoffs yet like we don't quite know enough about his game yet to be like hey he's going to be the missing piece so it's like yeah maybe you give a second on a prospect and 
given how this team has had a hard time getting any sort of draft pick, a second and a prospect would have been, you know, a solid return in hindsight when you look at it. But I don't know if that, that godfather offer people talk about. There's this suggestion that people think they could have got as much as they got for Bo for him. I don't believe so at all. And we did discuss this at the deadline last year and said, hey, for, all, for as good as he's been, you're probably not getting what you want for how good he's been. So would you rather roll the dice or take a second and a prospect or perhaps a very, very heavily protected first? Yeah, I'm like, look, it's underrated, you know, given the context of, of what we have now. Um, and, you know, at the time, Canucks were more keen on, on keeping the player. But I do wonder, like, the idea, as you say, Sat, you know, the, the value wasn't going to be, you know, what Jake Ensel might get for the Pittsburgh Penguins, let's say, right? A first, a prospect, and, and something else, maybe. Um, think about Thomas Vanek in the past. Um, even last year, the New Jersey Devils. Okay, I think they they are they're a good example uh, for this. With Thomas Tatar, you know, like good player has put up a lot of points in a lot of years. Has had a lot of people, uh, a lot of teams has been a value buy for a lot of teams through the years, and even last year, you know, he ended up with the New Jersey Devils and had almost 50 points during the regular season and then was a complete nothing in the playoffs, you know, and it's a guy they couldn't trust in the playoffs a season ago. So those, and, and we see it every year. Like he, he couldn't really find a job in the off season this year. He's a guy that teams aren't really all that keen on spending for not giving term out to not spending a lot for at the deadline because you don't know how much you can trust him when it really matters. And ultimately, those guys have a cap on, on what they're worth on the trade market. Moving Next. to what JR Media would like to know is Canucks scouting. Overrated, underrated. I mean, is there any way to say, just like we said on the, on the Kuzmenko value, now you look at it and say, like, is, is there any way other than underrated for scouting under this new management group? Like, what pro player have they missed on except for, like, Studnika? Yeah. who they flipped for a sixth-round pick. They gave up a fifth-round pick, which they had drafted in Myrenberg to get him, and then they gave, they got a sixth-round pick to move him off the roster. So you went down potentially a little bit, right? You lost a prospect, but you still got something out of it at the end? Yeah. Um, they really haven't missed on a trade yet. Yeah. Like, their misses have been so small, like Curtis Lazar. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, yes. But then they flipped him and got a fifth back for him, right? A fourth. Like, so, a fourth. They, even better. They got a fourth-round yeah. pick for him, right? Ethan Bear, he was a good player. Like, he, he fit in. It was the contract situation in his injury, which led to, you know, them not being able to bring him back or not wanting to bring him back, for instance. But it wasn't a miss in terms of how he played and how he looked on the team, right? Would it be the Jason Dickinson trade in terms of the player and how he's played since going to Chicago? I don't think so because it was a it was such a bad fit and you had to open up some mm -hmm. cap relief. It's hard to really pin that on them. Um, but I think that's the, the the contrast between this management group and, and the one prior. Like Jason Dickinson, fine hockey player, right? Uh, you know, and we viewed it as uh, certainly I viewed it as. Uh, an interesting get for Jim Benning that that summer when the, when the Canucks went out and got Jason Dickinson, it it, it didn't work. Not only is this scouting group able to identify talented players, but they're 
they've really done well at identifying which players are fitting into what we want to do. And I think having, you know, the alignment with the coaching staff and management and what they're looking for has, you know, really allowed them to hone in on the types of players, the profile of player that they're looking for. And I think Sam Lafferty really fits into this group. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, like this is the kind of guy we're looking for. And they go out, they find that guy and they, they acquired him. And it's fit like a glove. You know, you see the same thing with with Teddy Bluger and Pew Suter, Philip Pronick, like all these guys. It's it's not just the talent of the player, but also the fit on the roster, which I think they've gotten a lot better than the previous regime did. A trade and that many Vancouverites don't want to see happen is one with Elias Pettersson next season if he chooses his qualifying offer and then yeah. does not extend. And so Mustard Spores overrated, underrated. Renaming the city of Vancouver to one that Pedersen likes so that he signs with the Canucks. <laughs> that that might be the most creative thing I've seen so far. Uh, so, uh, underrated idea. Cool. Um, the Hollywood North Canucks. D- does that work? I love it. Well, it, it, it still is Hollywood North, right? Yes. It already is. <laughs> But you an overarching—it's—it's I mean. it's just another way of saying Vancouver, yeah. Hollywood North. An overarching topic of just how important is it that Pedersen resigns in the next six months? Oh, massively important. Yeah. Is there any way to say it's not massively important? No, there really isn't. Um, underrated. Doing whatever you can. <laughs> the way I'm looking at this for Muster Sports, doing whatever you can possible to make it more. Uh, ideal for Pedersen to, to open up to contract talks. That's uh, that's what's underrated about it. And what, uh, Canucks are pretty much there. What do you think the most creative thing Alvin can do to convince him is? <laughs> do you remember like when Kawhi was thinking about resigning in Toronto and all the restaurants were like, you can eat for free in the city. Yes. <laughs> like, we need Vancouver restaurants. Damn, we got to call your Italian connections. Let's go. You can eat for free in Vancouver. Yeah. Elias. Free golf. Perfect. We don't want to be playing golf, though. <laughs> um, no, you, I guess you don't want to be playing golf in, in April. You want to be playing hockey playoffs. Um, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. That's it's good. Uh, it's a good thing. Good. Good idea. Maybe the food is probably the best. Uh, the best thing that you could do. Uh, if you're Alvin, I don't know. Uh, maybe making the maximum signing bonus on every year of the deal. That's 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 what uh, teams can do to make it. Uh, <laughs> Make it a better condition for a player to sign, star players yeah. especially. Yeah, is the owner willing to give him ninety percent of his salary up front? Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, I mean, not how every bad owner is in the NHL. That's, right. Uh, <laughs> MLSC seems to be of one economy, of the only yeah. ones that's willing to do that, right? Um, from Dan, having a look at Arshdeep Baines moving forward, potentially bringing him up. Underrated man, guys going to the AHL All Star game. He's been really Arshdeep good, Baines. just dishing out points. Uh, yeah, I getting mean, a look been... at Arshdeep Baines, I think that's still underrated and might be something they do later on this year. Yeah, I'd say overrated because I'm just not. And this is not to say he's overrated. I'm just saying, what does that look even mean? Right. I just be very like I just pump the brakes a little bit on like, his development. Like he's doing fantastic, and next year in training camp, I'm not just viewing him as a guy that can play for you. I'm viewing him as a guy that can eat, break into the roster and slowly work his way up. But in terms of expectations, I'd say overrated. But I'd love to see him get a shot at some point for sure. But I just keep my expectations and uh, very low for these types of players, especially when the mantra is let them overcook at this point. Sat loves the uh, 
the overseasoning of prospects? We've seen the underseasoning, and I'll take the overseasoning than the underseasoning. <laughs> like Ray Ferraro said, never has a player been ruined by spending too much time in the AHL. Like outside yeah. of like getting injured or something, no player has been ruined by having more time to develop. Like that doesn't happen. It's not a thing. Yeah, but they can be they can be rushed to come up. It's uh, it, that's a hundred percent true. It's it's the Green Bay Packers mantra. Let uh, let the quarterback cook behind a starter for a couple of years. And then bring them in, and then they'll just be amazing. Seems like Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. From Justin and East fan, I don't know if you guys have seen the 2024 All-Star jerseys no. yet, but overrated or underrated? I don't know who's underrating them. Yeah. They aren't rated really well, you know? So this is why it's hard to say that they're overrated. Who's liked the NHL All-Star jerseys? What's with the all-lowercase font on the, on, the, on the text bar for the names? I don't know. I don't hate it. I don't know if really? I'm going to say underrated. I don't hate it. Like, it's fine. It's different. It looks funky. Like, you know, this this thing about the NHL, which I love, is like anytime they try something different, it's like, this is horrible. This sucks. It's like, n- never has the NHL done something and people be like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> never. Because like, they, they don't they, do they, cool things. Well, I yeah. guess. But it's like, not everything is horrible. <laughs> These all-star jerseys, not great. Not for me. I'll say that. Not for me. They look like a kid's jersey and it's an event for kids. It fits in perfectly. <laughs> So optimistic, Scott. It's like the Canucks Sprite can jersey. You know, it was awful. We all know it was awful. Anyway. Yeah, that's not. I shouldn't come back. <laughs> uh, Chef Swagger, snow after Christmas. Uh, let me I look will out say, my window right now. <laughs> um, when it snows like this in Vancouver, it looks very pretty outside. <laughs> oh, it's stunning, especially as you, now as at you night. Walk to work, yes. As you walked, yeah. Like right now, actually, I'm, I'm looking out my window, and especially with uh, like the, the yellow city lights in the snow, it looks very beautiful out. It um, really does. The, the idea of like snow on Christmas is just like it's, it's a little bit overrated anyway. So snow after Christmas, underrated. Like, what are we getting? Yeah. We're, we're, get, we're getting maybe one more snow day in Vancouver this year, if that. I don't know, man. I'm not like we are getting more snow days the recent years than we used to in the past. I wouldn't like, know. I'm not. You know? I'm yeah. Not a local. I mean. Yeah, like growing up here, I remember the summers used to be milder, and so were the winters. Like you get maybe one or two days of snow, and it would barely stick. You know, yeah. maybe it sticks for a day. The next day, it's gone. Like that was very much our our winters for the most time that I remember going back to like the the nineties. That's what I remember. And the last like you know seven, eight, nine years, it's kind of gone the other way. Like I never remember any, any heat domes. We never had that. I remember like actually thinking i'm like does it ever get above 25 in the summer in vancouver yeah. it would always be like 22 23 maybe 24 what is a heat dome yeah heat wave atmospheric rivers yes atmospheric rivers the amount of weather terms i've learned in the last couple of years i don't know what they're calling this one is it just like a snow squall like what <laughs> i don't know what are, what are we calling this a when cold it, front when it snows like this jl would like to know snowshoeing overrated or underrated as an activity oh never done it you never snowshoed? No. Hmm. Oh, snowshoeing is so much fun. It's fun. I just remember my dad telling me how he would snowshoe to school on the heavy snow days out east. Uphill, back, <laughs> and forth. Yes. <laughs> uh, snowshoeing, never done it. I don't know. I'm not as advent Like, that's, I, I guess, the, the, the Toronto in me is showing how I lack the outdoorsy background of many, many Vancouverites that are, like, Putting chains on their shoes, going for a hike in this kind of weather, loving it. Just, just not. I don't know. Like I can't, I can't get into it. 
if you're one of those people moving on that doesn't like the snow, Vicky would like to know if you're traveling to get away from it and go somewhere warm, neck pillows on an airplane, overrated or underrated? Ooh, underrated. Uh, but I'm not sure people wear the neck pillows the right way. <laughs> like you know how you're not supposed to put the, yeah. like, the back. You're supposed to put it from the front and up. You're supposed you know to I mean? wear it like a toilet seat. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the Ben's eyes right now are like, what? I was like, what? What is he what? talking about? <laughs> yeah, have you noticed? Like, what an image. I, you're supposed to wear it backwards from like what you expect. So the horseshoe is supposed to point up behind you. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, the, the opening the U should part, be behind you, not yes. in, front. in front of you. Yeah. Cause, like, my biggest thing was I put it on. I'm like, these things don't work. Like, what's the point of doing this? Like, it's, <laughs> I can't get comfortable with these things or whatever. And then I saw TikTok and it was like, oh. <laughs> TikTok teaches us everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so you wear it like a toilet seat. Um, I still say overrated. Okay. And the better, th- like, the better pillow to wear on a plane or to, to use on a plane. It's just if you have a small pillow and put it on your like behind you in your low back, that's the that's the play. That's the move. Really? Yes. Really. A lower back. Give you pillow. some lumbar, some lower lumbar support. Wow. For the long flight and the long sitting period. I wouldn't have put that in the top five. <laughs> I'm telling. It'll change your life. It will. Wow. Especially those yeah. flights to Europe. They give you those little pillows. Yeah. For when you're sleeping, when you're going overnight. Don't use it on your head. Put that behind your back. Oh, life changer. Yeah, the only the only bad thing about sleeping on a plane is how stupid you look. <laughs> like your mouth's open. Oh, I'm just hoping the lights are turned off. Like yeah, yeah. right. Because like you, nobody looks good sleeping on an airplane. Mm-mm. Yeah. But if you can sleep on an airplane, I'm jealous of you. <laughs> good for you. I, I can't even remember what I was watching or what my wife was watching the other day, and there was a scene uh, that a person is in. Uh, Oh, we watched that that terrible Sydney Sweeney movie at the at the theater. Well, uh, must have been a, a week or ten days ago. And um, there's a scene where they're in an airplane, and it's late at night, and literally everyone in the plane is sleeping. Like everybody, every single passenger on this plane was out. Like they'd all been drugged and they were just sleeping, mouths open, head off to the side, having like the nicest, most calm sleep on an airplane. I'm like, I've never seen a more unrealistic scene in a movie (laughs) because never, ever have you been on a plane where every single person on this plane, on this flight is sleeping at the exact same time. I'd be petrified. There's a, right? Like what happened? What did they put in our drinks? (laughs) There's always a kid crying, somebody's playing their video games or whatever, watching, like somebody's watching a movie. And you're the like, oh, that person chose down, the movie with elbows. A, yeah, that movie. Did they get the, <laughs> they get the cabin pressure yes. wrong? Because that can be very dangerous. <laughs> I can't believe that person chose the movie with a crazy sex scene in it. Like, why would you watch that on a plane? <laughs> hey, I always get so nervous whenever I pick a movie. <laughs> And I'm like, whatever's going oh, on in that movie, I'm like, oh, there's a little kid behind me. Like, what's this grandma thinking I'm watching right now? Like, yeah. I get oh, yeah. so it's real uncomfortable. It. It's so, I'm like fast forwarding. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I, I remember being on a flight and, um, and I was sitting, you know how like uh, the, the, like the bigger planes, they have like three rows, right? The one, the middle row and they have something over to the left. And I was sitting in the middle row on the aisle seat, and somebody sitting to the left of me in, like, the, the other row, they're, like, going through, like, you know, uh, explicit photos. Yeah. Like, on their laptop. And, like, just it was just up. 
And like, <laughs> and I was just like scrolling, like so nonchalant, and people just sitting right next to him, just like complete nudity and everything. I was like, what is this guy doing? Like, no shame, zero shame, none. Couldn't believe it. Uh, no one needs to see that. That's that's crazy. <laughs> so if at least it wasn't a movie, I guess. But yeah, if you don't want to see any of that and you don't want to go on vacation. <laughs> Green Blue would like to know, and I think I know where Sat's going to stand on this, but overrated, underrated on staycations. Oh, so underrated. So <sighs> underrated. That's what I thought. So staycation, just like vacationing within the province or something? I would even say like hanging out within like greater Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I want to give my secret away what I do in the summer. I, uh, but, uh... gaykeeper. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I'm not a fan. Like really? I, I, I get bored after like two, three days. I, See, I don't know. I think Listen, you gotta go I got, somewhere I got that you're not better, usually in, though. Like, you gotta yeah. go to a new neighborhood or something. Yeah. yeah, you can't just be like, you can't just go to like the, the building next door. <laughs> you be like, hey, I just got slightly gotta get out of my square. <laughs> yeah. I call it Wait. my square, where I just like I'm twirling around the same like three blocks all the time. You know. Yeah. yeah think of it this way: like in the summertime, what what would be better than having a private pool? Uh, very few things. Right? Private golf course, I can think of. Well, I mean, yeah, man, those like Airbnbs in Arizona where you have like a, a golf course in your backyard, like sign me up. Love that's, it. that's an Airbnb I want to go to. <laughs> Barefoot, walk on at night. I, I know Eddie Lack is like trying to sell a house with a with an ice rink on, in the basement, like it's Michael Bublé or something. I, I don't want that. Give me the golf course, man. Give me a putting green. Yeah, I'm there with you. Oh, can we get this one in? I have to get yep. this one in. Grimace and Ladner, overrated, underrated. Walking your dog in the snow. <laughs> The poor dogs. I love like when the dog is just like, nope, I'm good. Nope. <laughs> the small dogs like, no, I ain't doing this. Yeah, but like big dogs love the snow. I, honestly, there's no. I love taking a, a dog to love snow out because they have the time of their life. Yeah, lives when they're out in the snow, and it's just so much fun to watch. So I'd say underrated if your dog's down for it. If they're not, then obviously not great. Uh, my uh, little Valentina, I had when uh, when we were growing up, and. Uh, I, those days where it's like snowing outside, she has no idea. The dog has no idea, and like she, you wake up in the morning and she's like ready to go out, and she's like all excited, right in front of the door, ready to go out. And then you open the door, and she's like, "Oh, pass, nah. I'm good, <laughs> hard pass." <laughs> Not doing this. <laughs> Turns around, goes back in the house. Yeah. I'm out. No, I'm good. Uh, we're gonna we'll finish with, with this one from Dom, Amazon Prime. Uh, I feel like it's a necessary evil at this point, right? Yeah. Feels well, like I mean, it's overrated, fact... but the convenience of it is just. Well, I mean, then the how's value. It overrated? Yeah. The value is worth it, isn't it? Because you're getting when you get Prime, you get the free delivery, right? Yeah. On yeah. on anything you buy, doesn't there's no minimum payment on it, and you get some deals on stuff that comes up, right? You get I don't listen to Prime music or whatever, but you get Prime music, and you also get the Prime TV stuff, right? So I think the value of it is pretty good underrated because it's not just one thing and it's like 10 bucks or whatever yeah. right i mean it, it like if you use it enough it pays for itself i guess but i don't know it's a necessary evil at sometimes i guess i don't know yeah. not sold on it don't love it uh all right dan Richo and satyar shah uh coming up we'll close this program out it is canuck central on sports at 650